What a joy it is to, to celebrate Sunday with you. And uh, what a joy and privilege it is to open up God's word together as well. Look there with me at Psalm chapter number 23. And uh, I'm going to read there uh, the whole Psalm, verses 1 through 6. Follow along with me as I read. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'd like to speak to us this morning on this thought, a comfort in troubled times. A comfort in troubled times. Let's pray. Father, once again, we, we thank you for your word, the privilege of it. Father, we're sorry for taking for granted uh, us meeting in person, and we sure miss each, miss each other right now. I know I miss uh, our church family and the opportunity to worship together in person. But God, we're so thankful for your word and uh, the comfort it brings, and thank you that uh, your word is not just a Sunday thing, uh, but it's also a Monday through Saturday thing. And God, I pray this morning as we open up your word together that you'd encourage those who need to be encouraged you'd strengthen those who need to be strengthened. Father, for those of us who need to be challenged, that today your word and your spirit would challenge us in a special way. I pray your Holy Spirit would fill me as the preacher and, and each one of us as listeners. May you give us a truth that we can walk away with, that we can apply uh, to our lives. And Father, if there's one that does not know you as their personal savior this morning, I do pray uh, that you would save them today. And we'll be sure to thank you and praise you for it in the name of your son, Jesus. We ask these things. Amen. We come this morning to the 23rd Psalm. And Lord willing, uh, I'll preach a series out of this chapter in the not-so-distant future. Its words are encouraging. Its phrases deep and the thoughts both powerful and needful in our lives. Uh, psalm 23 is not just a end of our life psalm, though it's used that way in numerous occasions. Verse number four is where we're headed this morning, but we're going to take the long road to get there. It begins with David's wonderful and meaningful statement. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, people can debate when David uh, wrote this psalm. Some would say he wrote it as an older man looking over his life and uh, the places that the shepherd had guided him and uh, the valleys, uh, the shadow of death that uh, he had, had seen. Uh, and he wrote this from experience. And then on the other side, uh, some will say that David probably penned this when he was a shepherd himself uh, out there on the hillside. Personally, I believe the latter. We often view God very personally through the lens of our current situation. For example, 
Uh, one of my favorite names for God and the one I, I most enjoy using in prayer is that of Father. It resonates to me today, not just because of the relationship that I have uh, with my dad and my gratitude uh, toward my earthly dad, but now also that I'm a father to four children. And so many times the Lord speaks to me as I handle my kids in the sense of uh, your heavenly father uh, might respond differently than you responded or uh, your, that what you just did was the way your heavenly father would uh, respond to you. And so many things challenged me about that word father and that title father that right now that is my favorite. And as we go back to David, uh, here is a shepherd talking about his shepherd. David understood what it was like to be a shepherd. He knew what it was like to care uh, for the sheep. Uh, so many times he had found a green pasture for them to lie in. So many times he had led them uh, by those still waters. So many times he had uh, made them to walk on the right path, the path that was uh, safe uh, for them. Uh, so many times he used uh, his rod and his staff to guide them. Uh, through uh, the valley of uh, the shadow of death. When uh, there was lions uh, present, David guided them. When there was bears uh, present, David guided them. His presence was felt by the sheep. He most certainly understood what it meant to be their provider and what it meant to be their protector. He used his staff both to protect the sheep and to lead the sheep. David understood the role of the shepherd. He had lived the role of the shepherd and now he comes and he speaks about his great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. A title and a position that David could speak about from the heart. Notice he said, my shepherd. David made it personal. It wasn't his dad's Lord, his dad's shepherd. It wasn't his family's Lord or his family's shepherd. David made it personal. It was, it was my shepherd. And sometimes as we look in scripture, we hear people say, well, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. No, more than that, it's, it's my God. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? No, no, it's where is my God? It's a personal note. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I know what he does for me. I, I know how he leads me. I, I know how he uh, guides me and protects me. Let me say this morning, God must become personal to you. So many people need to stop living off their parents' faith, make it their faith. So many people need to stop saying that the religion, the God of my parents, no, he's your God. Make it personal, my shepherd. David goes on, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. A Sunday school teacher decided to have her young class memorize Psalm 23. She gave the youngsters a month to learn the verse and there was little Ricky. Little Ricky was so excited about the task, but he just could not remember the psalm. He, could just, he just could not get past uh, that first line. On the day the kids were to recite 
the psalm and they were scheduled to give the verses in front of the congregation. Ricky was, was so nervous when it was his turn. He stood up there in the microphone and proudly said, the Lord is my shepherd and that's all that I need to know. A little Ricky didn't get the words right, but little Ricky had caught the truth. The Lord is my shepherd and that's all that I need to know. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. For the sheep being led by the shepherd, there is no want. There is no lack. What he gives is good and what he doesn't give, it's still good. In the next two verses, David will detail what the shepherd provides. He says the shepherd provides peace. Look there with me at verse number two. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. In his most popular book, A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23, author Philip Keller wrote that sheep don't lie down easily without four different conditions being met. I found this to be interesting. Because they are timid, they will not lie down if they are afraid. Because they are social animals, they will not lie down if there is friction amongst the sheep. If flies or parasites trouble them, they will not lie down. And finally, uh, if the sheep are anxious, if they are hungry or if they are uh, thirsty, if they need food, they will not lie down. And that peace, that rest comes because the shepherd has dealt with the fear, the friction, the flies and the famine of the sheep. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. And as he wrote that, uh, the Lord is his shepherd. He knew when David needed rest, the Lord knew where to lead him. He knew when David needed care, he knew where to provide that care. The shepherd knew when David needed the resources and the great shepherd provided those resources. And such is the case when you and I are led by the great shepherd. If you're led by the great shepherd this morning, you know what it's like to, be, uh, to lie down by green pastures. You know what it's like to be taken by the still waters. You, you know what it's like to be uh, led in the paths of righteousness. You've come to know the peace that passeth all understanding. Why? Because you're close to the shepherd. The shepherd also provides direction. Verse number three, the Bible, it says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. What does the word restoreth mean to you? The word restore, restoreth, uh, such a strong word, much stronger than it seems at the surface. Here it literally means he bringeth back my soul. Uh, sheep are not very brilliant animals. A sheep is not smart like a lion. It's not swift like a deer. It's not smart like a dog. Matter of fact, the outstanding characteristic of sheep 
is that they're fairly stupid. It's true. When a sheep goes astray, it does so for no reason. And as it goes astray, it cannot on its own find its way back home. So the shepherd goes out and restores the sheep. He brings the sheep back into the fold. He goes out and he finds the sheep and he pulls it back into fellowship with the flock. Have you ever wandered away from God? Has the great shepherd ever had to come after you and to pull you back into the fold, to restore you back into the flock? Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love, yes, we're prone to wander, but isn't it a wonderful truth this morning that our shepherd is there to restore us? Christ gives a wonderful illustration of this as he talks about the shepherd leaving the 99 back in the fold to go find the one who is lost. What a wonderful picture. Maybe this morning you're lost. Maybe this morning, even uh, as a sheep in the kingdom of God, you found yourself astray. The shepherd is there to restore you if you'd let him. Look where he brings us back to. As he restores, look where he leads us to. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. So many times the Lord has had to get my attention. Come back over here, Steve. No, 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 Steve, we're not going that direction. No, 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 Steve, that's not the path that I'm trying to lead you by. No, no, Steve, Steve, stop going over there. No, no. come back over, over here. You see, there's a path that the Lord would desire, the good shepherd would desire to lead us. And that, that path is the path of righteousness. And notice why, for the path of righteousness for his namesake. Your life and my life are to be directed to bring glory back to him. Let me suggest, Christian, learn to be led by the shepherd now. Allow him to guide you. Learn that he loves you. That if you've gone astray, he desires to bring you back. That he has a plan for you. That he has a way for you to walk in. That he has a path for you. We will all glorify his name one day. Believers and unbelievers. Wouldn't it be a wonderful blessing if we learn to bring glory to his name in this lifetime? The psalm is going to take a turn now. It's going to make a shift. You see, up until now, David has been talking about the great shepherd. And now David begins to talk to his shepherd. If there is a verse that can bring comfort in troubling times, this is certainly one of them. David says to the Lord there in verse number four, Yea, though I walk through the valley 
of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Three thoughts for you this morning. For the one who knows the shepherd, it's just a shadow of death, not death itself. Many use this verse to comfort one who is nearing death. But I want you to understand this morning that the application can be made in a much broader sense than that. It's so much more than that. One could say when David stood before Goliath, he stood there in the valley of the shadow of death. When he stood before Saul, on numerous occasions and Saul tried to kill him, we could say that David stood in the valley of the shadow of death. When he went to battle, he was in that valley when he was hiding in the caves and running from place to place and Saul chasing him. We could say David was living in the valley of the shadow of death when he had to leave his kingdom because of the rebellion of his son. David found himself again in the valley of the shadow of death. You could make a case that David spent quite a bit of time in that valley and in that shadow. This coronavirus has definitely reminded people of the shadow of death. As cases, case numbers rise and, and death tolls continue uh, to tick up, uh, people are, are stirred about what if. We find ourselves anytime uh, we cough to think, oh no, I've got it. Uh, if we sneeze instantly, what does our mind do? If we hear somebody else sneeze or, or cough, what do we just a slight little pain in the chest and all of a sudden we think and we fear the worst. We, we live uh, right now, many of us, uh, really in that vado, valley of the shadow. This pandemic has certainly made people nervous. But if you think about it this morning, every time you jump into a car to drive, really, if you think about it, you're in that valley. Anytime you go out for a walk, you're in that valley. Anytime you fly in a plane, you're in that valley. Every time you go to sleep, you're in that valley of the shadow of death. One could make a case for us as you could for David that much of our lives seems to be lived in the valley of the shadow of death. But we're reminded this morning that it's just a shadow. As Zechariah prophesies, there in Luke chapter number one, verse 78, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. We understand this morning that a shadow is not a tangible thing, but it is cast by something that is tangible. As a Christian, we face only the shadow of death because Jesus took the full reality of death when he died for us on the cross and rose again. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Death in its substance has been removed and now today there is just a shadow for 
the believer. David understood this. And therefore David could boldly say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We said, first of all, to the one who knows the shepherd, it's just a, a shadow, it's just a valley. Second of all, for the one who knows the shepherd, there is no reason to fear. A shadow cannot stop a man's pathway. I recalled as I was studying, uh, one of my friends in high school, his name was James. Uh, James was not very athletic. And he made up for his athleticism uh, by being a genius. James might be one of the smartest uh, people I ever met. I don't want to offend him because James could probably hack my bank account this morning. But I remember one particular uh, soccer game as uh, we were ending a game and James was put out there on the field. He was uh, running backwards. And as he was running backwards, he came to the spot where uh, midfield, where that painted line goes down across the grass. And you wouldn't believe it. There we were standing and, and watching and James is running backward. And the minute he got to that line, it was like the line rose up from the ground and tripped him and he tripped backwards and landed on his back. We got such a wonderful laugh because James tripped over an imaginary line on the field. But such is the case with us. We can allow a shadow to bring us fear. You know, a shadow can't do anything to you. You can't trip over a shadow. Uh, a shadow of a dog cannot bite. A shadow of a sword cannot kill. And the shadow of death cannot destroy you. If you have young kids, you deal with shadows and the fear of them often. Many times my wife and I have had to address shadows in our home to rid the wall of that evil before them. It's amazing how sometimes the most harmless of things can cast a shadow that brings such great fear. Though it's not always convenient, I do love hearing, Dad, I need you. I'm scared. Hey, Dad, there's a shadow in my room. And I can put on my Superman cape and go be a superhero and remove the shadow from the wall. You know, when you and I understand our position in Christ, we recognize that there's no reason to fear the shadows that lie before us. Understanding the person and the great power of the shepherd cast out all fear. Now, if you don't know the shepherd this morning, you do have reason to fear. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then you can and maybe you should fear death. But this morning, the wages of sin being death can be exchanged for the gift of God being eternal life. I would love to introduce to you Jesus Christ your personal savior. 
This morning you were to place your faith in him, you'd find his perfect love. And it's that perfect love that cast out all fear. David goes on to say the reason I don't have to fear evil there in Psalm 23, verse number four. For thou, the shepherd, art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You and I must understand that the shepherd is the same in the sunlight as he is in the shadow. Just in case you missed those encouraging words this morning, let me say them again. We must come to understand that the shepherd is the same in the sunlight as he is in the shadow. The same shepherd who lays us down by green pastures, who brings us by still waters, the same shepherd who leads us in the paths of righteousness is that same shepherd who walks us through the valley of the shadow of death. It's a great comfort to the sheep knowing that the shepherd is there. He takes us through both. He guides us through both the sunlight and the shadow. He loves us through both. He protects us through both. He provides for us through both. He is present with us through both. There is no reason to fear evil because the shepherd is present. Patch the pirate and his beloved children's tales and CDs, towards the very beginning, wrote that wonderful song, How Can I Fear? He goes on to say, When I am alone and face the unknown, and I fear what my future may be, I can depend on the strength of my friend. He walks along with me. How can I fear? Jesus is near. He ever watches over me. Worries all cease. He gives me peace. How can I fear with Jesus? For the one who knows the shepherd, it's just a shadow of death, not death itself. For the one who knows the shepherd, there's no reason to fear. And lastly, number three this morning, for the one who knows the shepherd, there's great comfort. For the one who knows the shepherd in the midst of troubling times, there is great comfort. David closes the verse with this, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. As you look at commentaries, there's two different views about the rod and the staff. Some believe it's two different instruments, a rod that is carried for protection and the staff that is carried there for guidance. Others will say David was speaking about the two different ends of the shepherd's staff, the one end being used for a rod for protection, the other end being used to pull the sheep and to guide the sheep through rough terrain. Whether you believe one or the other, it's still the same. The shepherd's staff and rod is for protection and it's for guidance. The rod is meant for protection and I'm reminded there in Romans chapter eight, verse number 31, what shall we say then 
of these things, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can stand up to God? Great shepherd and the staff. More specifically, the hook there on the end of it is meant for stability and direction and guidance. When we don't know what's next, when we don't even know what we're supposed to do, when we don't know where to go or or how to get through it, when we don't understand what lies ahead of us or what is lurking there around the corner, it's a great comfort to know that the shepherd is there to protect us. The shepherd is there to guide us. The shepherd is there to pull us back to him. For the one who knows the shepherd in troubling times, there's a great comfort to know that he's present with us. He's there to protect us and he's there to walk us and guide us down that path. As we close this morning, let me leave you with just a few quick thoughts. Number one, David recognized he needed the shepherd. David recognized he needed the shepherd. There's three groups of people listening this morning. There's one who knows the shepherd and is close to the shepherd. And this morning, I believe, took great encouragement to be reminded about our great shepherd his presence, his guidance, and his protection in our life. There's another group this morning who knows the great shepherd. They're just not close to him today. They've wandered from him. So we mentioned prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. We've all been there before. The shepherd is extending his staff to you this morning. He'd love to pull you back into the fold, to bring you back into fellowship with the flock. Would you allow him to pull you close this morning? And there's a third. The third listening is the one who has not yet known Jesus Christ to be the shepherd. They do not know the great shepherd. And if that's you this morning, I want to extend an invitation to you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior. The shepherd sacrificed for you. The shepherd rose again for you. The shepherd desires to bring you into fellowship with the heavenly father. The shepherd desires to protect you and guide you for the remainder of your life. Would you invite the great shepherd into your life today? Ah, if that's you and you'd like to do that, God's word tells us that we have to believe in the fact that he died for us on the cross, that he rose again from the grave, and we have to be willing to receive Jesus Christ as our personal savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe you're not saved this morning. You don't know Christ is your personal savior. I want you to invite him into into your life even now. If you'd like to have a personal relationship with him, I want you to bow your head right now and I want you to pray not to me, but uh, to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Say something like this to him. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. 
I know I cannot save myself. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to take me to heaven when I die. This morning, I'm placing my faith in you and you alone for my eternity. I want you to be my shepherd. Amen. If you prayed that this morning and you meant it, I want you to go back and read Romans chapter 10, verses nine through 13. There's a great comfort to know that when we place our faith in Jesus Christ as our personal savior, we are saved. There's a wonderful promise for us. First of all, we said this morning, David recognized that he needed the shepherd. And the second thought I want you to leave you with is this, take comfort this morning. In this troubled time, take great comfort in the great shepherd. The shepherd is present. The shepherd is there to protect. The shepherd is there to provide. The shepherd is there to pull you along, to pilot you down the path of righteousness. You this morning have no need to fear. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the privilege this morning that we have to look at your word. Thank you for David's mind here. Thank you for his words. Thank you for his thoughts. Him speaking from his heart to you sure helps us in our day as we reach out to you. And God, I do pray that this morning we'd take comfort to know that just as you were David's shepherd, that for the Christian this morning, you are our shepherd as well. Thank you for your guidance, your protection. Thank you for your provisions for us. And Father, thank you for pulling us back to you, restoring us back. Thank you for pulling us from danger. Thank you for leading us in the paths of righteousness. And thank you this morning that there's no reason to fear because you are present. What a wonderful truth and what a wonderful blessing. God, I pray that you'd bless the remainder of our day. Thank you for allowing us to meet by way of this video. I sure do love your people. We thank you for the privilege to serve together, to love together. And God, I do pray that you bless the remainder of our day. Bring us back uh, to our screens tonight. And we'll thank you and praise you for it. in the name of your son, Jesus. We ask these things. Amen.